The 20th century was the worst history in terms of cities in many ways, primarily because prior to the 20th century, we knew how to design cities for human beings. It was in the 20th century because of our fascination with the automobile um, that we created cities not for people but for cars. Now, in the beginning, cars offered a lot of promise and cities had a lot of problems with mobility and uh, sanitation and other things that cars helped to solve. But very quickly, cars became tools of segregation, of pollution, of congestion. Um, and so now I think in the 21st century, we have to you know, really transform our cities and look both backwards and forwards to find a way to make cities about people again. This is way more than green buildings. It is about being whole architects in the sense of, you know, I'm so inspired by people like Norman Foster, like Bucky Fuller before him, who were able to say, you know, we're not here only to design buildings and only to service projects, but there's a larger responsibility and a larger um, set of skills we have because we can think synthetically across scales, across technologies, across communities um, to, to really conceive of new solutions. And I really think that's what the practice of architecture is about in the future, is that synthetic conceiving of new solutions across communities and technologies. I think we are going to become more relevant in the future if we do this. New technologies are always critical, but it's also to rem it's also very important to remember that they are tools. Technology works for humanity, not the other way around. And so whether it's nuclear energy or um, electric cars, electrification of the grid, new techniques of farming, technology offers us so much, but we also have to learn the lessons of the past. We've created technologies that can destroy humanity. Um, and we've created technologies that can destroy humanity in a very, very willful way, like nuclear weapons, but also in a much less direct way, like cars and pollution. So technology always comes with it a kind of cautionary tale about the fact that if we abuse it, if we don't think about it through the lens of humanity, um, we threaten ourselves. And so we are entering a whole new world of technology that includes the ability to manipulate genes, uh, change our biology, change the natural ecosystems of the planet uh, even further. And so we need to both embrace and be careful about technology. Carbon negative is a big challenge because we're talking about not just green buildings, not just carbon neutral where you balance how much you use and how much you can offset, but actually creating a, a, a model where we can offset or sequester more carbon than we produce is a very high challenge. But I think it's a very necessary challenge given all of what we know about um, climate change and how rapidly the um, uh, Earth's temperature is changing. Uh, I believe we can create carbon negative settlements with the technology that we have today. And we can do that in a way that is dense and urban and joyful. Uh, but it is going to be a huge challenge to do that. There's another three, three and a half billion people that will be on the planet by the 2100, uh, by the end of the century. And so I think we can 
figure out a way to welcome those people and actually have their housing needs and their building needs be carbon negative so it's part of the solution rather than part of the problem. I think young people have to remain uh, activist, vigilant, and super smart, meaning that it is not just activism for activism's sake. It is not just protesting power. It is understanding where the sort of soft points are in the argument. So don't just protest against fossil fuel. Protest against the fact that fossil fuel has continued exploration even when they've committed to green energy. Don't just protest about government, but try to get government to do the right thing. So it's not always a negative message, but it's a focused message that really pushes our leadership to do the right thing. I think youth activism is one of the most important aspects of the world today, but it will only be taken seriously if it comes with this sense of intelligence about what is desired and where the kind of um, critical uh, kind of levers and buttons are around the world that can help us advance the issues we need to advance. I believe that sustainability is the galvanizing force of our time uh, and that as we see society pulling apart and becoming more divisive that this issue of whether we're going to survive as a species pulls us together. I think it especially pulls together a youth movement and, a, and, and youth activism, but I think it also includes all generations uh, and the ability to gain wisdom from our eldest people um, and, and to really think about the wisdom of, you know, of, of informal communities, of, you know, things that happen in small nations and small villages as well as the things that happen in you know, our top institutions and, and, and richest countries around the world. And then it has a chance to pull us all together. Uh, and it's going to require that. We are not going to solve this problem without pulling together.